Conversations with gospel artists, pastors Our faith is what got us through all the troubles and disasters Indeed we fell short, but the Lord never passed us Our belief in God is the most important factor It's the Velika B Project You're now tuned in to the Velika B Project With your host, Velika B Lover of God, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen Sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation. Hello, family. It's your girl, Valika B, back for part two of a conversation that we was having on last week. Um, let's start off by doing the introduction. My name is Valika B, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen, and this is the Valika B Project. Hello, Facebook family. Excuse me, social media family. Let's just go on and clear it up like that. And also podcast. And we do have our radio family as well. So I am going to bring back on special guest that we had on last week, Marsha German. And also to let's get this background. Also, too, let's bring on Miss Rachel Harvey. So, guys, how are y'all? Glad to be back. Yes, ma'am. Yes, fabulous. Ma'am. So, Rachel, 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 let them know what the topic was last week in today's topic. Mm, yes. So we have been discussing the power of your blueprint, which is your God-given design, the way your wires are connected. And the more we understand his templates for blueprints, the more we can avoid pitfalls, the more we can capitalize on the strengths and even the weaknesses that he's given us to really be able to navigate fully into our purpose and everything that we're designed to do. So my sister, Miss Marsha here, has had some lovely in-depth conversations. We both really co-coach each other on various parts. Valika, I know you know what that's all about with Miss Marsha. I do. <laughs> um, and we've been talking last week. We talked a bit about knowing our vulnerable points, the points that we know. Um, my auntie always used to say you can stick your toes in the water, but you can't stay and swim. Those areas that are a little bit of a slippery slope for you and when to pull yourself back. And today we thought we would talk a little bit about our self-protection mechanisms. Right. Uh, Marsha, do you want to jump in? My self-protection mechanisms. Yep. Um. Okay. Um, when I like to feel safe, mm-hmm. you know, I like to feel safe. I married a six, four chocolate, wonderful man because he made me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And um, so safety is big for me. Um, and I try to always make sure that I create my own safety, so to speak. Right. I shouldn't. Um, and so God is really teaching me, um, Hey, Marsha, you know, it's about me now swing back to me. Holy spirit's like, all right, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm the one that should be driving this, not you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that for me, um, I have to learn how to trust, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge one for me. Um, and I've learned that, you know, nothing is wasted in my life. Right. No situation and circumstances wasted, no pain that I've gone through, no adversity that is hit. God has promised me that it is not going to waste. There's some revelation as it relates to my purpose and my journey and how he is choosing um, to have me navigate through this life. 
Um, and so I've learned not to define my todays by my by my yesterdays, not to define my relationships by the last relationship that didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've learned that. Um, I've learned how to not define, you know, any kind of relationship, work relationships, personal relationships, um, relationships with women. You know, I had that was another situation, you know, deal. Um, I didn't have the best relationship with my mother. And so I viewed women through the lens of the pain that I experienced growing up. And so, again, nothing in my life is wasted. um, But God definitely lets me know, look forward. Don't always look back. Um, And so that's that's when you start talking about. um, The bricks that I that I've that I that I lay um, and the stuff that I put up as protection. um, I would dare to say that I'm working through that because I am learning to be more um, open to to relationships, more open to being collaborative um, and more trusting. Right. I've definitely let Holy Spirit lead, um, but I'm definitely ask ask Holy Spirit. Let me be a little bit more discerning so that I can make proper choices um, Mm -hmm. to collaborate with um, those those divine connections. And God always says, put it in my hands. And no matter how it no matter how it goes, it's going to work together for your good. So. Mm -hmm. Mm. Amen. Amen. So I really loved what you were saying about bricks that you're, you're laying in self-protection. And I know we had touched on this earlier in a different conversation that we had had, um, that so many times when we are going through life, when we come on seasons that are fearful, um, we start laying bricks of self-protection in the past. You say that you really love to feel safe to a younger, less healthier version of Marsha. What did those bricks of self-protection look like? Did they look like withdrawal, ghosting, um, anger, perhaps, judgment? What did they look like for you? Judgment, ghosting, um, isolation. 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 I felt I I would feel safe. So if conflict hit, um, I didn't mind confrontation, but you know what? Confrontation used to always be negative for me. Now I understand that confrontation does not always have to be negative. Yes. um, Confronting a thing does not have to be a negative emotion. Um, And so I don't, I don't view confrontation that way anymore, Mm -hmm. but I could confront a thing, but I didn't want to work through it. Mm -hmm. So it was better. Um, my husband says it best. He says, wow, I didn't know I married a runner. Um, so when, um, you know, rough times hit in marriage, um, I had to learn not to run. And run didn't always mean me leaving the house, right? Run just might have meant I'm going to, might have, might mean I'm going to a different room. Um, run might mean you're not you're not responding to the conversation that I'm trying to have for you. You're not responding in the manner in which um, I'm expecting you to. You're not communicating on the the level that I need you to. Mm-hmm. So I shut down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I run into my safe place. Yes, yes. I love I love your awareness there, Valika. How about you? What 
self-protective things do you do? And if they're, even if they're things that you've claimed power over, maybe what did they used to look like? <laughs> this may sound crazy, but I make people invisible. Like uh, I, 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 you're not here. I don't see you. I don't hear you. You do not exist anymore. So I, when I'm done with something, I just make them invisible. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I'm going to tell you why I have to make them invisible. I had to cut them off, shut them off, shut down. Mm-hmm. Because when I see them again, and, and this is nothing but God, because when I see them again, if they have done something to me in the past, I can be like, oh, hey, girl, how you doing? And it doesn't be fake, because in that moment, I don't even think about what they did. Mm. And so after the fact, and I'd be like, thank you, God. <laughs> like, really, thank you, God, because I wasn't ugly. I wasn't nasty. I didn't look at them sideways or anything. Mm-hmm. I really had to just wipe them out of my existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Almost existence. like neutralizing it. Exactly. I had to wipe them out of my existence. So now I just make them invisible. Like, for mm-hmm. real, I do. And it is healthy for me. Mm-hmm. It's honestly healthy for me because I I don't have this. If I don't make them invisible, it's going to draw hate. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to, our mouth do not say hate, but your heart says hate. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And and people are like, you're not supposed to hate. Shut up. (laughs) Like my heart is hating, but my mouth is saying different. Mm -hmm. So I have to do that to protect myself from healing as well. So that's how I handle things like that too, Marsha. Yeah. You still doing that? I am. (laughs) With somebody, you know, yeah, I am. It sounds peace. I have to do that, like, seriously, because I have found myself back in the day being nasty. I used to cuss you out and didn't think nothing else about it, but I can't, I can't live like that no more. I can't walk that walk anymore. I'm better than that, you know what I'm saying? So, honestly, that's. That's how I handle things, to be honest with you. That's wonderful. I, I have to do this. I I um I have a good friend of mine that said to me one day, she said, you have to remember to forget. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is what I do. Mm-hmm. I have to do that. I remember to forget. Mm-hmm. So when it comes back up, because I sometimes attach myself to the pain that they cause me or it caused me. Yeah. And it's hard to disassociate that pain. Yes. And, and so I have had this, you know, she said to me, she said, this is a good exercise for you, you know, because the word tells us to cast down every thought and imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to say that I, I would, I try to do that. Mm-hmm. But when the noise is coming in real thick mm-hmm. and, it's, and, I'm, and it's hard, I don't have time. Sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to remember the scripture casting down. I'm trying to remember the scripture. But what I do remember very easily is to remember to forget. And mm-hmm. so when I see that individual that um, did not do me so right, but they mm-hmm. did me so wrong, mm-hmm. um, I have to learn how to remember to forget and realize, you know, Marsha, nothing in your life is wasted. Even that adversity, you learn something from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, forgiveness is a journey I am yet traveling on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I love how both of you are. Um, describing the same mechanism, you know, it's that feeling of, of safety, insulation, protection, yet the way that you do it is so different. And I think that that's the power when we come together and we share our stories and experiences. Um, 
I share the same thing on needing a layer of insulation. And I used to have warring critics in my mind of ghosting things because, you know, I need boundaries and I need to be healthy. But then the other high integrity, impossible standard side of me would be like, but is that really the correct way to handle this? And you have these two warring voices. But when you turn it over and you realize, okay, this is an area of of vulnerability for me, it's all based on a reality that at some point was painful. You're not making that pain up. You're not making those experiences up. You're not making those hurts up. Mm -hmm. And when we go, okay, you're here because at some point I really needed this protection, but now I've grown. I'm not in that vulnerable state anymore. I am more capable. I call it bless and release. (laughs) I am capable of blessing you and knowing that you're still not good for me to have in my life. Um, you're able to quiet those voices by walking the middle line. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things is when we can look at things that we do, sometimes we look at them as little quirks. Um, A lot of times we want to normalize them. We want to know what other people do. This is the same as what we do. But when you can go, hey, you're trying to protect me. I don't really need that protection anymore. So thanks for showing up, but you can quiet down now. I think of it like, the child is terrified that they're not going to get called on. That part of you is like, um, excuse me, doesn't anybody remember what happened the last time we did this? Hello. Did with her hand in the air. Right. And the teacher just has to say, hey, I promise you, I see you. I'm going to call on you when I do need you. Mm-hmm. But it's not in this moment. So can you be patient for me a little bit longer? And the kid's like, okay, fine. It's that process of talking to ourselves and guiding ourselves through it. And you both are very adept at that process, which is amazing. So I have a question for you. Shoot. So Rachel, how does, because you have to teach all of this, right? You're a teacher by nature, right? So you have to teach all of this um, and you help people transform, right? Into their better self. Right. And not even just people. Right. You do it for corporations. You do it for companies. Right. Okay. So now in the midst of everything you've been having to deal with um, and I know we don't have to you know, go into detail of it, but for all of what you've been having to deal with is just as heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's just as heavy as is what I'm dealing with and, you know, as heavy as what Felika's had to deal with in the mm-hmm. past year. And so how do you navigate all of that? Because then you've got your bricks of protection, right? How do you navigate all of that and have to be a portal for what I would dare to say deliverance or somebody's transformation? Mm -hmm. You become that portal for somebody else, but you're still hurting. Mm -hmm. You're still hurting. You're still in pain. Um, It doesn't matter what we're going through. And you you know, but you're doing it because you know that that's how God built you. Right. So how do you navigate it? And what are your bricks? Yeah. Good question. I knew you weren't going to let me get through all this without putting me in the list. Yes. Yes. So this really goes back to a lot of what we were saying earlier on. um, Wow. The phrase just left me. Oh, seasons of preparation. When you look back and you realize one point that you went through that you feel like you got sucker punched preparing you when we owned our gym, 
we had 150 members ranging from teenagers all the way up to people in their 60s that were coming in. I always wanted it to be such a safe space because in that space, people were coming in and disclosing to you the things they hated about themselves the most. You don't go in and sign up to change something because you love it and you understand self-care and how to be tender with yourself. You're sick of being where you are. You're frustrated. You can't believe that you let yourself get there and you're finally ready to ask for help. So creating a a space where people were able to do that was really, really important to me. And at the time, mental illness was ravaging my extended family. I was going through it with multiple family members, my mother, my brother, and then, of course, the rest of us that maybe weren't diagnosed. We all bore the scars of decades of not knowing, not being aware, just developing coping mechanism after coping mechanism. And one day my husband came home to find me curled up in a ball on the kitchen floor because the kids had snacks, were watching a movie, they were occupied, and I just needed to fall apart for a minute And he came home from work and found me. And I said, I can't keep doing this. There's not enough of me to go around. I'm like a Rolodex for people's problems at the gym. I'm trying to keep all of that um, handled where people feel seen and loved and understood. Our kids need us. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that well. And my family's falling apart. I can't do this. And in that moment, God really said to me, you can't but I can. And are you finally going to give this to me? I remember being in the car driving and him saying, I have to cut the rope off of you so I can tie it on to me. And in my my mind, I had that vision of my family members that I loved so near and dear that for decades I'd been wrestling on that end of that rope, determined that they were going to be saved and reconciliation was going to be, um, We were claiming that story and claiming that truth, but I was wrecked. I couldn't hold on anymore. And I remember saying, okay, I'm going to let go of this rope. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting. I'm trusting that you're going to pick it up. And I'm sitting in front of you today saying the, the beautiful story of reconciliation hasn't happened yet. My family is still shattered into a million pieces. However, there's peace. There was an immediate clearing of space where those 150 people that were showing up every day asking us for help that were at a point of ready to being able to receive. I finally had what I needed to serve them because I was letting go of the things that I wasn't assigned to. I have seen other people show up in my place in those situations to take on a lot of what it was that I was carrying where I know The Lord's hand is over it. It's not fixed. It's not solved. But I can see that he's still working, even if I haven't seen the outcome that I pray for someday. And that situation has prepared me for at least four more that I have encountered in the four years since that has happened. It forced me to go to therapy. It forced me to get my face in scripture every single morning. It forces me to start the morning on my knees saying, I can't do this, but you can. So going through those bricks of self-protection, they show up in our lives all the time. For me, the first one is criticism, not usually of other people. It starts off in my head like, this is why we can't do nice things. 
This is why we can't grow beyond this point. This is why we can't. And immediately I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I understand you're looking for the problem so that we can solve it. But none of those things are true. We are called to abundance, to peace, to being the salt and the light in various places. And just because it's hard right now, we're not going there. The second one for me is um, telling myself the story that I'm alone. I used to love the phrase, leadership is lonely. Yeah, only if you really don't know how to lead and you don't know where to find other leaders. (laughs) Um, So when I feel those bricks show up in my life, learning to speak truth over them quickly. There were so many days that I remember looking at my husband and saying, good Lord, it's so much easier to teach other people how to do this than it is to do it yourself. (laughs) Days when you want to get in the pit, you want to get nasty, you know, you could cuss somebody up one side down the other and you're right. So somehow you should be allowed to, but the Holy Spirit's like, nope, I'm not calling you there. What are you going to do? And you have to make the choice to speak the truth. I remember going through a phase of highlight for me, everything that offends you. And man, that's a scary prayer to pray. Right. But then you're like, all right, if I see it in you, where does it exist in me? And you know what? Just like I want someone to say, you know what? You're a good person and you're not always going to get it right. And you're still trying. Don't you deserve that same thing? Even if you're in addiction, even if your marriage is failing, even if you haven't raised your kids well, don't you deserve that same level of compassion that I would want if I were in that situation? Right. So the more you practice these things, this is where we had the shift from the gym over into this style of coaching. It's just like a muscle. And when you get good at dissolving these bricks, it's like flexing a muscle. You get better at it. You get stronger at it. And there's not a single thing that we coach people to do that we haven't done for ourselves. We've learned the blueprint for our marriage, for our kids, um, for all of our clients coming in so that we could learn how to serve them better. And when we're hurting, that's the most important time to come back to the truths to the blueprint that he has provided for us. Just like you were saying, Marsha, your your life blueprint may be shifting away from what you thought it was going to be, but he's given you that internal blueprint to help you get through and prepare you for what he's calling you to. And Valika, same thing with challenges that you faced last year. Your strengths are now being used at a different level because of the preparation that you went through in your struggle. And I think the more we can come alongside each other through that process, the more we make space for the truth and learn to crowd all that negativity out. What if you don't know what your blueprint is? Like, Felika, do you know what your blueprint is? Absolutely not. (laughs) This is my most favorite part. (laughs) So. Absolutely not. (laughs) we're just just doing it we're just moving yeah so I use a tool called the Enneagram you've probably heard of it but what most of us do is we take a test at some point and we go oh yeah I totally do that that's absolutely me kind of weirdly so and then we carry on six eight twelve months later and we more or less forget and we also don't take the time to learn anybody else's 
What I have learned is that we take this test because we want to know our type. But God has created us to have all nine of these blueprints inside of us. And we just learned how to get results using only a couple. So what we do is we do go through and do a test so you can see where you're currently at. But over the course of your lifetime, our goal is that we can teach you to flex some different muscles, some different blueprints, where the Enneagram often is talked about from healthy to unhealthy. And what I have found is it's not about healthy and unhealthy. It's about how many choices are you making out of fear? And do you understand how to elevate into making a decision from love, which means calling you and everyone impacted by your emotions, your choices, and your decisions higher? If anybody's getting sacrificed, it's not love. So when you're in a given situation, you now have nine tools to draw from going, how do I do this from love? How do I do this from love? And we guide you through that process so that you not only learn the blueprint that you've been using, but baby, you can build a whole new stratosphere by learning to use all nine. Spell Enneagram, I think. And I only know, Valika, I did it when we were on, um, I went on a marriage cruise and um, love like you mean it. And they, they, they took us into a class and we did like an Enneagram. And basically for, for, for people who don't know what it, because how do you spell it again? E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Okay. So it, it's really, it's also similar to a lot of the different personality assessments and things like that. Cause some people may not know what that is, but um, personality assessments um, are really good because it helps you understand who you are and how your what your makeup is. And you're right. It helps you give a blueprint um, into like, if I understand that Valika is somebody who will um, make me disappear, right? If I, <laughs> if I know that that's how she's getting down. Yeah. <laughs> um, then if, you know, God forbid, we have a d- disagreement and she, you know, she just, she's, she, you know, she goes to me, right? And I'm like trying to call her or whatever. I know which way I can come now because now I've been educated on how she shows up. And I think mm-hmm. that that just kind of, it allows us, to understand like emotional intelligence. If I understand, and it's like understanding, I understand my husband, um, how he communicates. And so he may not, he doesn't, he's somebody who doesn't like to handle it right then and there. Right. I don't know if that's all men. I don't know. I feel like, you know, most of them are pretty similar in that manner where they kind of just say, okay, I need to think about it and they need to process stuff. Whereas I'm like, come on, come on, let's talk about it. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. <laughs> so um, I just wanted, because I know some people may not know what an Enneagram is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great tool um, to achieve that level of emotional intelligence so that you can understand um, who you're working with, who you're doing business with, um, yes. who you're hanging out with. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of my therapists always used to say, increased insight increases empathy and reduces anxiety. And it allows you to see things that other people are doing because they're not ready to confront it within themselves more than, the, than they're doing it to be a personal offense against you. And that was the biggest area of freedom for me was being able to release things that people were doing around me, knowing it had nothing to do with me. It was how they were hardwired and that they weren't ready to look at those parts of themselves yet. 
And that same compassion that we talked about earlier, the more I speak that over them, the more they'll reach that point quicker. Um, so yes, it's been a life-changing tool. There's, it's free online. You can just Google it. And there are lots and lots of versions. But we, what we do is we come alongside you and we help you begin to understand and identify those patterns within yourself and within those that you love, that you work with every day so that you can reach a different level of relationship, um, connection, and impact. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, honestly, it's time to wrap part two. So I just want to thank you guys both, Marsha German and also Miss Rachel Harvey. If you could really quick, let everybody know how they can follow you. Let's start with um, Rachel first. Yes, you can find me on Facebook at Fearless Progress or on Instagram at fearless.progress. All right, Marsha. Reach me at Marsha0622 on IG. All right. Well, thank you guys again for joining me. This was part two of our conversation on the power of your blueprint. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you again next week with the Velika B Project. So make sure you guys do the Well, that concludes this episode of the Velika B Project with your host, Velika B. Until next time we meet, be blessed. The Velika.